This is Geek Gab with your host, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. Geek Gab for Monday, December 18th, 2023. We are I, back, I just, baby. <laughs> I'm just sitting here and I noticed that... I, I went upstairs to get water for the show in case my throat was dry. Dan, my throat is dry. But I noticed that even though I filled up my water mug, so I would be ready, so I would be prepared, so that in the case of a grave water-related emergency, I would be set. that even though I filled up my mug... I have, in point of fact, left my mug directly upstairs. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been one of those weeks. Anyway. Man, life is tough for you. <laughs> I even tell you what happened at the theater today. <laughs> oh dear! You'll have to now. You can't just <laughs> tease that. I, I was supposed to be at the theater at like eleven forty-five to see Wonka, right? Mm -hmm. But my ride got me there early at ten fifty, so I could see the eleven o'clock showing of Wonka. So I went to the, I ordered, I walked up and said, I need a ticket to your 11 o'clock showing of Wonka. And she wasn't paying attention. And she said, I'm sorry, what? And that should have been a clue. That should have been a clue. I said, I'm sorry, I need a ticket to your 11 o'clock showing of Wonka. And she said, okay, she gave me the ticket. And I went to the concession stand. Now, I was originally going to the 1145 show, but I figured I'd get in early so I could get picked up early so I could go home early. Um, I was having a medical thing and I had to go to the doctor this morning so I couldn't drive. I was being driven. Driven so, up the wall. Yeah. Am I right? Yes. I couldn't so, resist. So I uh, checked my ticket. And she had given me a ticket for the 11.45 show. Huh. And I said, okay, fine. I'll go to the 11.45 show. And some other stuff happened. And I'm sitting there in the theater, theater number one. And right at the time it should have started, which was 1201, because after, you know, they have the commercials and the previews, it said 10 years after the start of the Hunger Games. <laughs> and I thought to myself, huh, I think I'm in the wrong theater. And so I stand up and I walk outside and I check the door. And what I took to be ones, 
three different number ones were in fact apparently sevens. Those kind of sevens. I hate those sevens. So I looked at my ticket and I looked for the theater number one and there was no theater with a number one on it. Which might explain my discombobulation. But there was a luxury theater that said Platinum XL or something. Now, I remember quite clearly that 1145 was the luxury showing. So I thought, of course. Of course, the first theater is theater number one. It is the luxury showing. And I bought the luxury ticket unknowingly. And that is theater one. So I shall go into theater one and sit down and watch Wonka right now. And so I walk into the theater and I sit in my seat and nothing is playing on the screen and the lights are all up. Now, the movie should be starting right this minute. The lights should be down. The preview should be over and Wonka should be playing. It is not. So I get up and walk out. I tell some people about it. They say, well, I'll go check it out. And I say, should I go back to my theater? They said, yes. The movie will start any minute now. They promised me. The movie will start any minute now. Mm-hmm. So I go back to the luxury theater. Now, I don't know if you have deduced the problem from the buildup that I've been giving it. I may have but do you want to guess what happened next? No. Do you have a guess? No. I want to hear it. The movie did not start. I'm blown so, away. I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for the movie to start. And along about 1220, the pre show starts. And I begin to think to myself that either the Movie is going to be astoundingly late, or I am again in the wrong theater. And I have this sinking feeling that I am not going to be watching Wonka. Instead, I am going to be watching whatever this specific theater will be playing. 
And that's when this couple walks in. They tell me I'm sitting in their chair. I say, I'm sorry. And I get up and move because they want me to move out of their seats. But instead of sitting in their seats, they move left four seats. So I have moved out of their seats, but they do not sit in their seats. They move left. Four seats. And then before the movie starts, they move back a row. Now, I don't know what the hell's going on today, but something was conspiring to really put me in a pretty strange situation. But before they moved, I asked them, I said, What movie? is playing in this theater so I could see what I'd be watching. And they said, and I swear to heaven, this is when I started wanting to pound my forehead on the seat in front of me. They said, the movie that is playing in this luxury theater is Wonka. <laughs> And then I asked them what time, and they said 12.50. And I sighed very, very deeply, because that's only two hours after the ticket I thought I was buying. So I will have only spent two hours in two different theaters waiting for the movie to start. And that's when I texted my ride and said, I'm sorry. There was a mix up with the theaters. I'm gonna be an hour late. Because they thought I was starting at 1145 but instead I'm starting at 12.50. So I was only an hour late, not two hours late for them. So this, this, this is the kind of event, series of events that can just give you a complex, you know? Man, you cannot win today. I seriously, I don't know what the hell was going on. But I got to see Wonka finally, not an hour early, like I thought I would, but an hour late. So it, uh, and, and yet I still don't have my water here. So, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so do you want to tell me about the movie? I didn't get uh, to see it. It just came out, didn't it? Yeah, it came out like last Thursday. Okay. In previews. Um, apparently, it had a pretty solid opening uh, for, you know, against its budget. Um, had a $39 million opening, which if you're, if you are making a movie on the budget that was a huge budget like Marvel's been making recently would be terrible. 
But if you're making a movie on a modestly sized budget, which is what they did, is a strong opening. So surprise if you and and I want people to make note of this in case you become a major Hollywood producer. If you spend less money on a movie, you don't have to make as much to make a profit. Wow. You just blew I know, my right? mind. Mind-blowing. Absolutely befuddling. Um, so... The problem with this wonky Wonka movie is not that it's a bad movie. It's a perfectly serviceable movie. It, it's fine. It's, it's not great. It's fine. Um, it's a prequel to the classic Willy Wonka movie, not the Johnny Depp movie, but the classic Gene Wilder movie. And you know it's a prequel because the very first thing you hear when the movie starts is the strains, and it's a musical, is the strains of the imagination song, Come With Me and You'll Be in a World of Pure Imagination. Yeah, how's that go? What? I just said it. Oh, Oh. You want me to sing? No, you don't. (laughs) Nobody wants me to sing. I especially since I don't have any water to drink. Um, But they don't sing it until near the end of the movie. And they make little callbacks and references to it. However, for the most part, they avoid, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, they avoid all the cutesy prequel stuff. Um, Like, oh, Here's how Han Solo got his blaster. Here's how Han Solo got the dice, you know, in in the uh, the dice that hang from the rearview mirror of the Millennium Falcon. Oh, here's how Han Solo got the name Solo. All those cutesy, stupid things that prequel do, for the most part, they avoided all of those. So, um... It did not aggravate me on that level. In fact, a couple of times they were very sweet in showing how his like vision of the future kind of developed from some really nice uh, initial ideas. And you could see what ended up in Gene Wilder's movie, how he had the initial ideas in this uh, in, in the story he sets up here, um, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a great movie. It's fine. It's perfectly serviceable. Uh, they have an Oompa Loompa in there played by Hugh Grant. Um, <laughs> and he does, he's, you know, orange skin, green hair. Uh, he looks exactly like Oompa Loompas from... Uh, the Gene Wilder movie. He does the Oompa Loompa dance. Uh, Oompa Loompa doobity dee. If you are wise, you'll listen to me. So on and so forth. Um, and it's uh, 
its chief failing is that by making it so explicitly a prequel to the Gene Wilder movie is that it is inviting direct comparisons with the Gene Wilder movie and the Gene Wilder movie is so much better. It just comes off worse. And there is not Wonka does not have the hint of steel or grit or menace that Gene Wilder's Wonka does. Um, So it's nice. And he's a nice guy. And Slugworth and the other, you know, and and they also mess it up. It's... There's too many continuity errors between this movie and the Gene Wilder movie for it to actually be a prequel. So I don't know if you'd call it a soft reboot or whatever. I'm getting really annoyed by all these terms that you're supposed to keep straight. I'm really starting to not care. But it's all right. It's okay. Um, There's nothing in it that's bad for kids. Um... And it's perfectly fine for a children's movie. It doesn't really have anything in it that's, you know, all your best comedies in children's movie have jokes that work for kids but have extra meaning for adults. And this movie doesn't have anything like that. But it's it's sweet enough in parts, and it's inoffensive, and it's okay. It's it's broadly okay. It's a seven and a half. It's not a waste of time. I wasn't cursing my eyes for having seen it. Timothy Chalamet does a perfectly fine job. The other actors do a, a fine job. Uh, I don't remember if it's Key or Peel. One of them plays the police chief, and he does a great job. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm not... A prequel that isn't too bad of a prequel? Yeah. That doesn't get on your nerves? I mean, I'm, I, I really am not trying to give it a super strong recommendation, but I also can't, you know, I can't insult it, and I don't want people to think I'm insulting it. It's it's just not a great movie. It's not a bad movie. It's a pretty good movie. It's all right. And, and I guess maybe being all right stacked up against all the things that have been coming out for the last, you know, five, six years is maybe pretty good in comparison. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, there is something awful about movies these days. Um so uh it's uh yeah. That that's it. That's that's my entire review. Um Willy Wonka comes back to the city after seven years of roaming the world, gathering ingredients for his chocolates. He wants to set up shop in this uh, 
kind of mall that is the most famous place for chocolatiers in the world. And uh, the three main villains that are mentioned in uh, the previous Wonka movie, Slugworth et al., um, connive to stop him, to ruin his life. Uh, and that's the movie. There are also some other villains in the movie that are uh, one of whom shows up in uh, Secret Invasion. Um, which I don't know why, except that she was the best part of Secret Invasion. So uh, I was actually kind of excited to see her in the movie because I thought she did a, a decent job. She plays, I don't know if you've ever seen Les Mis, um, the Thenardiers. Uh, I don't mean the movie. I mean the Broadway play. Uh, no, I've I guess, seen, uh, I've seen the Liam Neeson one. Um, oh, I'm talking about the opera. Uh, the Thenardiers, um, who sing Master of the House and uh, so forth. They're the, you know, I haven't seen the, the Liam Neeson one. Um, it, it's not a musical, right? It, it's just pretty straight. Yeah. Oh, I, I did see the musical one with uh, uh, Gladiator. What's his name? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Um, let me tell you this. Uh, Russell Crowe cannot carry a tune. Very, <laughs> well, then you remember the Thenardiers. He's the innkeeper and his wife. Cosette's parents. Yep. Okay. Or not the Cosette's adoptive parents. Um, there are two characters like that in this movie. And uh, they, they are actually probably the best part in the movie best part of the movie they're villains they're great i really enjoyed uh, uh really enjoyed their subplots so I, I i'm amazed there's anything worth enjoying in this film uh you know how i can get oh yeah i'm pretty sure you wouldn't like this <laughs> Uh, it's it's easy to tell because it's in uh, there's two categories of uh, things I don't like. Um, I don't like bad movies, and I also don't like everything. So if it fits in one of those two categories, then <laughs> I'm out. Okay, well, somebody who was in this movie was also in Secret Invasion. What is that? Secret Invasion is one of those six-episode Marvel miniseries that they cough out occasionally uh, onto Disney+. Plus. Okay. And this one focused on Nick Fury and on an alien race of shapeshifters called the Skrulls. Um, did you see Captain Marvel? Yes. I remember they mentioned the Skrulls. Yeah. They, they showed up a little bit in Captain Marvel. Um, I want to be very clear about my position on Secret Invasion for anybody who's listening. There is one redeeming thing about this show 
But it is not enough of a redeeming feature of this show to make it worth watching. I do not recommend you watch it. I regret the time I spent watching it. And if you suggest to other people that I recommended they watch it, I shall strenuously deny any connection <laughs> with this show. It is dreary and awful. Tenet, the Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, Tenet. For all of its mind-bending, time-travel-y stuff, was a good spy movie. It was... It gave you a good insight into spy moviness wrapped around this science fictional concept. Secret Invasion is a bad spy series. It is terrible about being a spy series. It has this science fictional concept that a spy series is all wrapped around. And it does it very, very poorly. And it's kind of boring to boot. No, scratch that. It's pretty boring to boot. I watched it. I watched all of it. I started watching it when it was brand new, when it was still coming out. And I watched the first episode and a little bit of the second, and I just gave up. I just stopped watching it. I did not want to see it. Harsh. And then sometime last week, I felt like I should finish it. Just to finish it. And you so regret everything. Watching. Say what? Did you regret it? Yeah. Well, I'm glad I can review it on the show, you know. But it was just the main character is Nick Fury, and they spend the entire series crapping on Nick Fury. Just nonstop. Telling him what a loser he is at everything. He's a loser spy. He's a loser husband. He's a loser father. Um, he's just everything he's done his entire life, he's been a loser at. And I am really tired of Nick Fury being made the butt of the joke. Uh, Xander on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, I remember that. He said at one point in time, why am I always the butt monkey? By which he meant, why does everything happen to me? And now it's an entry on TV tropes. Or TV tropies? I don't know. However you pronounce that. Kayfabe. Why they decided between Captain Marvel and Secret Wars, 
And I haven't seen the Marvels, so I don't know if they did this or not. I just assume they do. Um, they made Nick Fury a butt monkey. If you remember in the first Avengers movie, um, Iron Man says, Tony Stark says, he's a spy. He's the spy. Even his secrets have secrets. And I would trust Tony Stark's assessment of Nick Fury more than all of the trash that they've dumped on him in between the Captain Marvel movie and this series. You know, when he said at one point, I think in uh, Winter Soldier, they asked him, how did you, you know, why are you wearing that patch? He said, this is what happened the last time I trusted somebody. And that's like, oh, deep and mysterious. You know, he was betrayed. There's some deep secret there. And that's why he doesn't trust anybody. That's why he keeps all these secrets and stuff. And then you find out it was a cat. Okay, yeah, yeah it's a spooky interstellar cat that can eat, you know, eight different intergalactic commandos all at once, but it's still just a freaking cat. Completely right. ruined. Nick Fury is a character. I mean, why? 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 Would you make him the main character and then spend uh, the entire show with everybody around him telling him what a terrible person he is and him just sitting there accepting it? Not even defending himself. Just like, yeah. Yeah. I guess I am pretty crap. It just... The writing is weak. The performances are weak. The plot is nonsensical. Um, it's just, it's garbage. There's one good performance in the series, and the one good performance was pulled off by the lady who was, you know, the Thenardier equivalent in Wonka. She's British. She plays um, like a district chief in a one of the British uh, Marvel SIS, I think is the name of the fictional agency. And uh, I liked her. She did a delightful job at being who she was. They gave her a lot of great material to work with. They should have given Nick Fury equal or better material to work with, but they did not. So, it's a terrible show. Don't watch it. Ah, that's the kind of review I can get behind. And just in case you're wondering, I still haven't seen The Eternals, Black Widow, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. I still haven't seen Moon Knight. Or the werewolf show, uh, or Hawkeye, probably some others. You haven't Just... seen Morbin Time? Wow. Oh yeah, I haven't seen Morbius. I haven't seen the second Venom movie. Uh, there's a new web of 
spider something coming out, uh, which looks really awful. <laughs> Doubt I'm going to see that. So, yeah. Um, I started watching Orphan Black. I've watched one episode of that. I uh, I think there's oh, 50 that's episodes. A, that's an older one, isn't it? It's a few years old at this point. Yeah, it came out first in 2013. Um, stars Tatiana Maslany, who was uh, She-Hulk. But I've heard this is actually a good show. Oh, uh, you good. heard wrong. <laughs> Orphan, Black is not, Orphan Black is not a good show. Orphan Black is not a good show. Oh, um, okay. Uh, it's... Oh, yeah, yeah, Bradford. It put Tatiana on the map because the whole conceit is that she plays every other character because they're all identical twins, you know, through some great you know, cloning program. Uh, right. So it's got this really cool sci-fi premise. So I was hooked. I, I wanted to watch it. Um, I, I think I made it half a dozen episodes. She's, she's not good enough to pull it off. Uh, the writing is bad and it's chock full of that, early, you know, that early two thousands, the beginning of the woke uh, agenda in Hollywood. Um, with some really disturbing sort of adult situations that um, it just made me turn off the TV. But if you enjoy, I mean, like if you enjoy the job she did in the first episode or two and you want to watch more, maybe you'll like it because it, it did receive a lot of positive. Uh, I, I tell you what struck me most about the first episode. And this is going to sound funny. Uh, the boyfriend. The person who played the main character's boyfriend, I knew I knew him from somewhere. And I couldn't remember, and I couldn't remember, I couldn't remember. I saw the episode yesterday. And then today, just like as I was getting ready to go, I remembered where I knew him from. He's Voss from Far Cry 3. Really? Yeah. The absolutely insane guy who says his most famous line is, did I ever tell you what the definition of insanity is? Um, and he's the character everybody loved in the game that they killed halfway through. And I'm sorry, folks. The game came out in 2013. I mean, that was two console generations ago. That's not a spoiler anymore. Sorry, if you haven't played Far Cry 3, they've had Far Cry 6 already. So, you know, sorry. Dang it, Warpig. Good tough luck. <sighs> Um, that was that one finally made it to the top of my to play pile, and you ruined it. But he was so good; everybody loved the character so much. They basically been trying to make villains that are that good uh, ever since. They've been basically trying to make villains that are different but the same ever since. So pagan men, different but the same. Uh, uh, and the preacher guy, whose name I can't remember, but I think it's J.S., Jonas Storm, Jonathan, whatever. Uh, different but the same. So, yeah, he, uh, I just, I, it finally clicked for me. I'm like, that's Foss! So I've, I've played Far Cry 3 to completion like three times. Um, 
So I knew I knew him. I knew I knew him. I knew his face. I knew his voice. But I couldn't remember what I'd seen him in. It's because I haven't seen him in a movie. I haven't seen him in a TV show. I've never seen his real face in anything. I've seen, you know, an Xbox 360 version of his face hmm. in computer graphics. So it's a little uncanny, isn't it, when you see uh, a yeah a character? It is. Oh no, it's it's the actual person who's been modeled or rendered in the game. That always yeah. weirds me out. Um, so I couldn't, uh, that, that's why it was so weird. I'm like, I know I've seen that face, but it looks so weird. It looks so different. So, um, and speaking of computer animation, uh, I also watched, uh, Elemental, um, which is a Disney Pixar movie. And it came out this year and was one of Disney's bombs. It was just unlucky to be released in the middle of all the backlash against Disney. Um, it was not one of their direct-to-streaming bombs, um, like Soul or Red whatever. Um, or the other one whose name I can't remember because nobody can remember. Um, all of whom are getting like theatrical releases next year. They weren't good enough to release in the theaters when they first released them, but now they're releasing all three of them in the theaters next year because they are so desperate to make money off of anything. <laughs> uh, so look at them come to theaters, soul. Um, the red panda movie where this girl turns into a red panda and it's a metaphor for um, surfing the crimson wave. If, if, if I can quote clueless. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, and the other one that I can't remember because nobody can remember. And I literally saw it on Disney Plus uh, yesterday when I went to watch Elemental. So that that's how unmemorable it was. I literally saw the name of the movie yesterday, and I can't remember it. Quality. Uh, Quality yeah. entertainment from Disney. So Elemental is better than Wonka, but not a great movie. If Wonka is a 7.5, this is like a 7.8, 7.9. It's not an 8, but it's better than Wonka. It's fine. It's a touching little romantic comedy that's sweet. Um, you know, it's about a, this world is populated by four different types of, I guess, elementals. Your classic elementals, earth, air, fire, water. And it's about a fire elemental who falls in love with the water elemental. But her dad 
you know, really doesn't like water elementals. Um, and so in the water elemental she meets is responsible for, he's a city safety inspector and he's responsible for turning in all these citations on her dad's shop that are going to get him shut down. Um, so here's what you should know about the movie is it's sweet. It's sentimental. It's a romantic comedy and it's not pushing the message. It's not about racism. That's not what the movie is fundamentally about. The movie is about uh, family. It's about people from two different cultures who are dating and facing misunderstandings from their parents. It's about uh, the second generation of immigrants feeling the burden from their parents. It's about two people who feel really strongly drawn to each other but with so many problems that are keeping them apart, it, it, it's a romantic comedy. Um, and it's not preachy. So it's a lot better than I think people were assuming. However, it's not as good as Pixar was making when John Lasseter was there. It's post-John Lasseter Pixar. and it really needed some more work on the world building. Um, the movies made while John Lasseter was there were thought through incredibly well. And this movie needed some more work done on it. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it isn't as good as Pixar was when John Lasseter was there. So, yeah, good, not great. Not an 8, but a 7.8, 7.9. Well, I'm glad you liked it, and I'm glad I skipped it. I liked my role here on the Geek Gab, hating everything. It suits me. <laughs> um, see, if I, if I were to give like hey here's some movies that are great animated movies most of your classic pixar movies monsters inc obviously toy story one two and three but also for non-pixar and i'm talking about computer animated movies um surf's up is a is an amazing movie just fabulous i can i can recommend that with no reservations um my favorite Pixar movie is Ratatouille. I could recommend that with no reservations. This is not a bad movie, but it's not like a landmark fabulous movie. But, you know, 
it's still a good movie. Why? There's nothing there's nothing major wrong with it. It's just not just doesn't quite hit the high bar of quality Pixar has set. So I mean it's nowhere near as bad as Red Panda or whatever that was. Yeah, but that doesn't sound good. It, it it's still a it's still a good movie. It's an enjoyable movie. Oh, it's cute. It's got a lot of touching moments in it. It's got great characterization. They don't make the elementals represent real world ethnicities. And they easily could have, but they don't. Um, they're just, their personalities kind of intersect with their element. So, yeah. Weird. Um, well, I'm not surprised. Uh, it, like you said, it was another bomb. Disney Pixar has been bombing. Uh, nobody well, cares it, about this stuff anymore. It opened up badly, but it picked up a lot on word of mouth. People who went and saw it really liked it, and so it had strong follow-on. So it actually got stronger, not making more, but it, it kept up very well and made a lot more money than you would guess based on the opening weekend. And I'm, what I'm saying is there's a reason for that. There's a reason why it had good word of mouth. It is Got because, it. you know, it, it's legit a decent movie. Yeah, and if you go by, um, if you go by the Rotten Tomatoes, uh, audience score 93%. Usually, and, and that's, you know, the who cares about the critics? That, that's all bullshit. You know, they're at 73%. So when you see a lopsided, difference like that you know so the people who went to see it genuinely liked it yeah hmm. and, and this isn't i mean i liked it i'm glad i watched it. it didn't make me regret watching it it's like oh yeah that was that was worth my time i enjoyed it it is it is very it's a very sentimental movie uh if you don't like like sweet-hearted family movies, then you'll definitely not like it. Um, you know, if you're old and cold and bitter and cynical and you have a black heart that that loathes a human race, you're, you're not going to like it, you know. But, yeah, it, it's a sweet-hearted movie. Um, and, again, there's... It's okay. So here's something that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Wonka, new release for the Christmas season. It's not a Christmas movie though, is it? No, it's not. All right. There's snow in the movie. I guess that's as close as you can <laughs> He goes to uh 
He, he loses all his money the first day he's in the city and he pours himself a glass of steaming hot chocolate. And in like two minutes, it freezes solid. So That's funny. very cold. That's as close as you could say it comes to uh, being a Christmas movie. Got it. So let's talk Christmas movies. Tis the season. We're not going to be doing a show for the rest of the year. Yes, we are not doing a show because next week is the 25th. That's Christmas Day. And the week after that is uh, New Year's Day. So we're not doing a show on New Year's Day. So we're coming back on the 8th. Yeah. So I'm watching some new movies this year, similar to like I did with uh, with Halloween the past couple of years. Um uh, it will not surprise you to find out that I don't think most Christmas movies are very good. But there's some really good ones out there. What's your top Christmas movies? Um, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Scrooge, which isn't my favorite Christmas movie, but... It is a favorite. I really like Scrooge. Scrooge is great. My goodness. Yeah, I was going to mention uh, Brian Jones in the chat, Home Alone 1 and 2. Absolutely. Home Alone. I just watched Home Alone. I hadn't seen Home Alone for like 20 years. And uh, I just watched it again last week. Awesome. It's a, it's, Almost at the top of my Christmas list. Um, number two is pretty good, too. Uh, have you seen, let's see. Uh, one of my other new favorites. Have you seen, it's one of the more recent ones, Violent Night. No, I have not. Well, I, I've seen the card. It lurks uh, on one of my streaming services, so I have passed it. By, but I yeah, they it. they are really pushing it. They really want everybody to watch it. Um, David Harbor plays Santa Claus, right? And it's sort of a cheesy, violent, R-rated Christmas uh, shootathon, oh. uh, where Santa Claus is somehow trapped in a house. Man, they really bend over backwards with the with the rules of Christmas and Santa Claus for this. He's like trapped in a house of an extremely wealthy family um, during a home invasion event. And so Santa has to save the day by killing all the bad guys. Uh, it was, it was gory. It was gory and fun. Uh, I think you'd like it a lot. Uh, fat man. Fat man is my new second favorite Christmas movie. Uh, much better than Violent Night. If if you had to pick between the two, if you said I want to watch a violent uh, movie about Santa Claus getting into a gun battle, I'd pick Fat Man over that. Uh, Fat Man was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mel Gibson. He just and and Walter <laughs> Goggins. He just. <laughs> Sorry, just I'm when just, he says no, when he I'm, says that line, you think you're the first. 
Such a great movie. Oh, man. I watched that the first year it came out. I watched that so quickly. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a little late to the party on this one, but I'm a new convert to Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Now, you said on Twitter that you haven't seen it. I've, I've never seen any of the Christmas – I've never seen any of the Vacation movies, not, not one of them. I wasn't one either. I still haven't seen the one about the road trip, Summer Vacation. But Christmas Vacation is, without a doubt, one of the best, funniest I've ever seen. Uh, it's very good. Um, let's see, how do I put this? It's one of those movies that is just nonstop jokes and... seamlessly goes from one you know set of jokes to the next like like all the jokes get callbacks later in the film uh beautifully written um chevy chase doesn't ruin it um man, i don't know i don't know what else to say uh it's it's apparently a classic it's a classic for a reason uh that's on my list uh what else yeah and i'm I gonna say it I got a lot of flack when I said I hadn't seen Christmas Vacation. Yeah, it's one of those it's one of those pop culture touchstones that when you say, you know, like you know, you used to be able to meet people who'd never seen Star Wars, and people would react. They'd put the soy face on, like right? the soy jack. They'd be like, oh, "How how could you have never seen Star Wars?" Or how could yeah, it's one of those touchstones. You know, I'm not ashamed to say I was in my 40s before I saw uh, Christmas Vacation, but it's great. You know what movie shocks me that I never saw until like last year? Tell me. Point Break. Really? You hadn't seen it till then? Yeah. I just, I have no idea how I managed to pass through that much of my life without having seen a movie that is absolutely my kind of movie. It that really is. I had is. no reason not not to see there was nothing about that movie that made me not want to see it i just didn't yet and when i saw it i loved it top to bottom left to right i adore that movie yeah you would I just, <laughs> anybody who knows me would know i would adore that movie right oh that's incredible but yeah not until last year it just wow. shocks me that I had never seen it. Yeah, I'm why. shocked too. Well, anyway, uh, you saw it now. Problem solved. Yep. Problem anyway, solved. Back to the Christmas movies. Christmas movies. My number one. I'm going to end the show on this one. Um, my number one, without a doubt, Muppets Christmas Carol. I think it's the best Christmas oh, movie ever made. Such a great movie. Don't at me. That is so fabulous michael kane is absolutely perfect in that movie he is flawless there's a, an outstanding uh, meme or may may on the internet if you will 
uh, saying something about those Muppet movies. That Muppet Muppet's Christmas Carol, Michael Caine is so good in that movie because he treats the Muppets as fellow actors. But in Muppets Treasure Island, Tim Curry treats all the Muppets as if he were another Muppet. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's absolutely true. I never thought of it until I read that, but it's it's absolutely true and absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, Michael Caine just... He is so brilliant in that movie. Oh, yeah. A great, great movie. Excellent version of that story. Um, so, and, and I mean, it, what's amazing is that two of my favorite Christmas movies are retelling of the same story. Um, being Scrooged and, and the Muppet Christmas Carol. They're retellings of the same story. Yep. Um, but, you know, done so fabulously, so differently, but so fabulously by both of those, um, both of those movies. Um. <laughs> what about yours? Number one. Um, I, I've honestly never thought about it. I have I haven't really made an effort to see to watch Christmas movies in Christmas season. Um, I, actually, I'll be honest, the only movies I watch anymore are movies that I am or shows that I am reviewing for this show. So I don't, uh, <laughs> that's why I watch so many bad movies and bad TV shows. <laughs> it's cause all of my time is eaten up with, uh, with this. Um, oh, I did want to say this though. Uh, this last week I watched, the first episode of Fall Guy, the first episode of Remington Steel, the first episode of Buddy Ebsen. These are all, you know, 80s, uh, early 80s and earlier TV shows. I just wanted to see if, uh, I remember them being good, but I was a little kid. I mean, I think I, I was before a teenager when these movies were on. Um, I just wanted to see if they were as good as I remembered. And uh, I'm not going to be watching the whole show because um, that, you know, I'm just consume time I don't have. But yeah, they were all all good. You're getting a recommendation, Bradford Walker wants you to watch Miami Vice. He says it still holds up. I watched the first episode of Miami Vice uh, two, three weeks ago. Um get it so yeah it was fabulous uh it was a good show um and uh heather thomas who was in the fall guy 
is just unbelievably gorgeous. She's absolutely beautiful. So, yeah. Uh, and these are the pilots, so they weren't, you know, they were not quite into the characters yet. They hadn't hit their stride. Uh, and so I can only imagine they got better after that. Um, but yeah, they are, uh, they were all good shows. Uh, and I liked them. The characters were different. Uh, I mean, they all had personality. They, they weren't, uh, they weren't just poured from this stock, stock characters. So yeah, if you, if you have time and you want to check it out, um, those three shows, Oh, and Miami Vice. I, I watched all of those on Prime streaming. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch those for free on uh, Prime streaming. All four of those shows. So, yeah. Might be worth checking out to see uh, to see what you uh, have missed before. Sounds good. Yeah, seen those shows. So, no, I don't know what my favorite Christmas movie is. Uh, but I, I would definitely, you know, Home Alone is one of my favorite movies of, of all time, just as a movie. Uh, it's brilliant. Uh, yeah. Amen. Well, I hope you get a chance to watch some Christmas movies this year, DW, and the same goes for everybody listening. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say goodnight for now. Uh, it's been great chatting with you. It's been great chatting with Chat. It's been an awesome year. Uh, lots of high highs for me uh, in the Dornell household. Um, and all I can say is that I. Uh, wish for many more good years to come for you and everybody listening. I'm signing I, off uh, for the year. We'll we're big. One of my favorite Christmas movies is uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas. Uh, good one. With the little little crumply tree and all of that. And, and honestly, I haven't seen it in 35, 40 years, but yeah. It's uh, they have a another Charlie Brown movie, a sequel to the Christmas movie. Um, it's literally called Another Charlie Brown Christmas Movie. That's its actual legit title. Uh, on Apple TV, I haven't watched it. Maybe I will. Um, all right, folks. I want to thank everyone who turned in to listen live. I want to thank everyone who will tune in later. This is Geek Gab. We are here. Just about every week, but not for the next two weeks, on YouTube.com slash GeekGab. Once again, that's YouTube.com slash GeekGab. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, Monday nights, to uh, review, discuss, dissect, analyze, and uh, we have guests, too. We are uh, also available on SoundCloud.com, on 
the iTunes Store and and on Google Play Store. So you can download us to the device of your choice or listen to us on the web. You can uh, subscribe. Click the little bell icon so you get a notice as to when we're going live so you can show up and participate in our lively chat with the unusually intelligent, perceptive, and uh, amazing members of our audience. We are signing out for today, folks. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.